All right. The first chapter of Galatians. Art last week introduced it to us, and uh, we we found in verse six uh, and seven the reason for the letter. Uh, I'm amazed that you so quickly deserting him who called you by his grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. Only there are some who are distributing are dis, <laughs> distributing you and want you to distort the gospel of Christ. So the reason that Paul wrote the letter was there was a problem going around. And as Art said, do we need to add to the gospel? Do we need to add to the gospel? So picking up with verse uh, 21 in chapter 1, and I went to the regions of, of Syria and Sicilia, and I was still unknown by the sight of the churches of Judea which were in Christ, but only they kept hearing, he who once persecuted us is now preaching the faith once, <clears throat> which once he tried to destroy. And they were glorifying God because of me. And in ch chapter 2 he picks up, and I'm going to read the first six verses and then we'll talk about those. After an interval of 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along also. It was because of a revelation that I went up and I submitted to them the gospel which I preached among the Gentiles. But I did so in private to those who were of reputation for fear that I might be running or had run in vain. But not even Titus, who was with me, though he was a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. But it was because of the false brethren secretly brought in who had sneaked in to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, in order to bring us into bondage. But we did not yield to the subjugation to them for even an hour so that the truth of the gospel would remain with you. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I've got this little chart, and we'll talk about the problem or where, where we are and what, what a part of prob part Paul's problem was <clears throat> or the, the gospel at the time. Israel, all other nations, Jews, Gentiles, the circumcision and the uncircumcised. This is the same group of people. This is the same group of people. And when Paul is writing and is teaching, he bats back and forth between the circumcision, which is the Jews, or the nation of Israel, or the uncircumcision, which is the Gentiles, which is everybody else, that has really no faith. They didn't have a, <clears throat> they didn't have a lineage of faith. They were pagans. They may have nothing. Then at the cross, they preached first to the Jews. And they came to know Jesus. And then they started preaching to the Gentiles. And they came to to know Jesus. 
And 1 Corinthians 5 tells us that therefore they're new creatures in Christ Jesus. And they are called Christians. And it's this conjuncture here that the first century took up where they had situations that they, they needed to, to resolve. And this is part of it that we're getting into Galatians uh, this trip. If you're not a Christian, but you're a good Jew, our Bible tells us that they're lost. If you're not a Christian and you're a good Gentile, our Bible tells us that you're lost. Now, there's a, a problem <laughs> uh, that's de kind of developed because now Christians, because of a lot of different things, you can't tell the difference. You know, we we uh, we're, we've kind of kind of got into the whole thing. Jesus said, one big difference is that you'll know us because of our love. Sanctification, we don't preach it anymore. We Christians have coarse talk just like the world does. You know, they're not faithful to their wives just like the world do. And they drink and are drunkards just like the world does. And this is a concern, but that's another subject for another time. Uh, but at this point, they're new creatures in Christ, and they were first called Christians at, at Antioch. And we'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Okay, <clears throat> so in chapter 2, he said, After our interval of 14 years. Now, <clears throat> Jesus died, according to our calendar, A.D. 33. A.D. 33. Paul was saved in the following year, as scholars tell us. So he was saved in A.D. 40, uh, 34. <clears throat> the scholars tell us that Galatians was written A.D. 48. So you subtract 34 from 48, and guess what you get? 14. So after these 14 years, uh, Barnabas, taking Titus with him, went to, to Jerusalem. Now, when we introduced the book, we went back to Acts, and we talked about the people in Acts that brought Titus is absent from the book of Acts. He is not mentioned in the book of Acts. He's mentioned a lot in 2 Corinthians, a couple of times in Timothy, and one time in, in the book of Titus. But he was a young man. Uh, Paul called him a true son in the faith. So it was a young man that uh, on his journey in Troas, if you got a, if you got your little map up here, it's right up here. Oops. It's right up here in this corner. Uh, Troas. Uh, Titus was from Troas. And so he, uh, he met him on one of his, his journeys. And he kind of put his arm around him and he said, Titus, you come on with me. Titus was a Greek. And we'll see that in just a minute. It was because of a revelation, verse 2, that I went up. Went up where? He went up to Jerusalem. Now, we don't really know what the revelation was, but we've got a good feeling we know what the revelation was. He didn't tell us what the re uh, uh, revelation was, but 
he probably said, you know, I need to be sure everybody is on the same page. Uh, <clears throat> so many times uh, we have meetings and we have things and we have different agendas and we use the little, uh, <clears throat> the little saying, is everybody singing from the same music or is everybody on the same page? So uh, <clears throat> the Lord moved in, in Paul's heart and he says, I need to go to Jerusalem. And he went up, he says in, in verse 2, and I submitted to them the gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. But I did so in private, that those who were of reputation for fear that I might be running or had run in vain. I wanted to be sure that they knew what I was preaching and they, and they were with it, so to speak. And then in verse 3 he says, But not even Titus, who was with me, though he was Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. So there we have a hint of the problem. We have a hint of the problem. Going back to verse 6 in chapter 1, he says, I'm so amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who call you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. <clears throat> and <clears throat> he goes on and tells a little bit about this. He, in verse 4, But because of false brethren secretly brought in, who had sneaked in to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus, in order to bring them into bondage. <clears throat> so, here's the first little hint of the, 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 the problem and how Paul is going to solve it or bring back to the memory of the Galatians that he's writing to. And we'll see that in subsequent chapters as we go, as we go through this. <clears throat> Verse 5. But we did not yield to them for even an hour so that the truth of the gospel would remain with you. <clears throat> now, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 3. <clears throat> John chapter 3, not Luke chapter 3, Bill. Okay. Look at verse 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whosoever believes, whosoever believes will in him have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. 
That's the gospel Paul preached. But he added a dimension that's not in here. And we know it, we know it very well. It's by grace, through faith, nothing we have done. I passed out uh, to some of you who haven't been with us before. The Roman road. Uh, do you all, do you, do anybody need one? Good morning, Tim. You slipped in on me. Uh, and when we, when we, you need to know it. You need your children, your grandchildren, your acquaintance, your neighbor. This is a tool. That's all it is. It's a tool to lead somebody to a saving knowledge of Jesus. On the back side is the how-to. On this side is the scripture. And down at the bottom is the sinner's prayer. But <clears throat> this, this is a tool for you, you to use to lead somebody to Jesus. And Paul says, <clears throat> this is the gospel that I preach. And this is what is most important. And we'll say a little bit more about that as we go. Verse 7. But on the contrary, seeing I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, the uncircumcised, to the Gentiles, <clears throat> just as Peter had been to the circumcised, to the Jews. For he who worked... Uh, for Peter in his uh, apostleship to the circumcised effectually worked in me also to the Gentiles. Also recognizing that the grace which had been given to me, James, Cephas, Art told us that's Peter, and John, who were re reputed to be pil pillars, also <clears throat> gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship so that we might go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They only ask us to remember the poor, the very thing I was willing to do. So he had this meeting. The Lord says, Paul, you need to, you need to, to have faith in what you're doing and confidence in what you're doing. And he says, uh, this is Bill's paraphrase, of course. He says, you need, to, you need to go to Jerusalem and talk to Peter, James, and John and, and be sure you're on the same page, that you're singing from the same piece of music, that the Gentiles are saved just like the Jews are saved through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and His finished work, plus nothing, minus nothing. So they agreed to that. They shook hands... <laughs> This term of right hand of fellowship, they gave us the right hand. We talked about that when, when Jacob was, was, was giving the blessing to Ephraim and Manasseh that it was important whose head the right hand was on. And that's a big thing. Uh, some of the older preachers you've probably heard coming up that says, you know, give them the right hand of fellowship. And that, that's, a, that's a term that we brought forward. But this is what they said. It says, we were eager to do what they asked us to do, and that is to remember the poor. And on <clears throat> five different occasions in Scripture, we have where Paul took up an offering to, date, to take back to the Jerusalem church, to the mother church, because they were having problems 
And one of those scriptures is where he says, lay up for you on the first day of the week. And that's kind of how we get the Lord was right, rose on, on Sunday morning, uh, the resurrection day, but on the first day of the week, Paul said, assemble yourself together, and on the first day of the week, you receive an offering, and, and you collect that. <clears throat> now, we're changing, <clears throat> we're changing focus just here a little bit. Verse 11, but when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. Now, go back and look at verse 10 of chapter 1. <laughs> he says, For I, I now, for am, excuse me, for am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or I'm striving to please men? Or if uh, we're still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant to Christ. So Paul's saying here, I'm not a people pleaser. Probably, this is Bill, probably if you would have met Paul somewhere, you would have found him maybe a little arrogant. Just a little bit arrogant. Uh, these people who are confident in, in what they preach. How many of you were in, in Sunday school or the after thing when Dr. Land was here just a few weeks ago and he taught them apologetics? Dr. Land, he, uh, he wasn't bashful about telling what he, he thought or what he, what, what he believed or how he was, and he was very confident in what he knows. And <clears throat> we find that. So Paul probably was a little cocky, but at the same time, he knew what he knew. And yet at the same time, he was very warm to the gospel and warm to the people that needed the gospel. <clears throat> but he says... I opposed him, Peter, face to face, face, verse 11, because he stood condemned. Now this was the problem. I'm going to paraphrase it and then we'll read it. <clears throat> These people had gone to, to Antioch. Peter was one of them and some of some from James's contingency. And <clears throat> before the, they got there, uh, they were eating with, with Gentiles and having a good time with the people who were not of the circumcision. They were of the Gentile persuasion. And they were having a good time. Well, when, when James's contingency came, they said, Ooh, we better be careful of who we're seen with. We better be careful of this bill. They better be careful of who, who, who we hang out with. And you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a normal thing that we do. Uh, we do it, we kick into that gear, whether we really realize it or not. Uh, somebody comes in here. You know, if Franklin Graham was to walk in this room right now, I would promptly take my seat, you know. Uh, that, that was it's just the way it is. Paul later says, and he said before, he says... There's no partiality in God. In, in there's a, we're all equal. That's tough for us to get through our thick heads because we, we, we grow up with this idea of, of prominence and rich people and so forth and so on. I'm amazed that all of a sudden <coughs> these uh, 
singers and Hollywood people, all of a sudden, they have something to say, and we should listen to them. Uh, <laughs> we're we're, we're kind of, the NFL is in a crack right now because uh, they've been doing their actions speak louder than some of their words, but uh, even uh, pro, pro ball players uh, says, well, you need to listen to me. And scripture says that doesn't hunt. Uh, beginning with verse 12. For prior to the coming, certain men from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles, but when they came, he began to withdraw and hold himself, himself aloof, fearing the party of the circumcision. The rest of the Jews joined him in hypocrisy, and the result that even Barnabas was carried away by some of their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in his presence of all, if you, being a Jew, live like the Gentiles and not like the Jews, how is it that you compel the Jews to live, the Gentiles to live like Jews? So <clears throat> he, he's confronting him. He says, it's, it's, it's one show, one show. And in verse 15 to the end of the, of the chapter is really where the meat of the lesson is today. He says, we're all Jews by nature. If you were a really Jew, if you were a really good Jew, you were circumcised and you knew the law. You knew all that Moses had, had handed down, that Joshua had said, you remember and you do. And you tie it on your forehead and, and you remember it. And as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He says, you're, you're good. He says, if you're a Gentile, you don't have any of that. If you're a Gentile, you don't have any law to worry about. You don't have any rules. And he says, you're just a sinner. Nevertheless, verse 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I don't know why it is, but we've made salvation difficult. We've made it, we've made it where that uh, we want to add something to it ourselves. Hart said, do we need to? But sometimes our where we are. Well, we need to pay some dues or we need to believe a creed or we need to we need to do something else. It can't be as simple as just faith in Jesus and his finished work. It can't be that simple. But it is. But it is. And that's the hang up for a lot of people even today and it was a hang up of these uh, these people Surely there's something else I need to do. Namely, in this case, the law. He says that man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Since by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. When we studied Romans, we went through this and Paul laid out a description 
of the law uh, that the Jews, <laughs> they fulfilled the law, but it was not the law that saved them once they came to Jesus. It was faith. Years and years and years ago, Abram, it was accounted unto Abram as righteousness. And that's how we're saved. We don't understand all that happens, but as a, a boy or a, an adult, when you come to the Lord, you come simply faith. Simply faith. And Jesus says, you've now got my righteousness. Because that's the only way we can inherit heaven is have the righteousness of God. And how can we have the righteousness of God outside of faith in Jesus and His finished work? And that's, 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 that's what it is. It's just faith in His finished work. Verse 17. But if while seeking to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have been found sinners in Christ. Excuse me, sinners. Is Christ then a minister of sin? May it never be. For if I rebuild what I, I have once destroyed, I prove myself to be a transgressor. Verse 19, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. Back to Romans again, Paul says that the law showed us how we are to live. It was, it was a, he says, this is what you're supposed to, you're not supposed to do or what you're supposed to do. And this was a, a rule or a benchmark or a guide for us to, 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 be, uh, to, to come to Christ. Verse 19 again. For though the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. Verse 20. If you don't have this underlined or memorized or something, you need to. I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who lives but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's how we're to live. When we become Christians, after the cross, we're new creatures. We're new creatures. And he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. That, that takes daily, hourly, minute by minute, uh, dependence and relying on Jesus and what He does, we we so we so much don't don't live with that. We we're so involved in what we've got going around us, the the cares of life and and all the things that we have. Sometimes we forget that Jesus wants to be part of our life. And if we are crucified with Christ, if we are, if we are in Him, that's where that's the best way we, best place we could be, the best place we could be. So, 
So he says, he says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live how? By faith. By faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Do we understand it all? I don't. I, I, I just don't. But by faith, I believe that what I did as a nine-year-old boy is good today. That by faith, I believe what Jesus died on the cross to save me is still good. By faith, I believe that he'll one day take me to a home in heaven. Do I know what heaven is? Don't have a clue. The older I get, the more convinced I am. It's going to be great, but none of us have a clue on what it's going to be. But you know, by faith, I accept whatever that is. We can split hairs, and we can, we can go into a lot of little theological things, but the bottom line is, it's by faith that Jesus saved me. Nothing I've done, nothing I could do, but everything he did. And according to the scripture we, we read in, in, in John, he said that the Lord didn't come to, to doom the world. He came to save the world. And if you're saved, you're okay. But if you're not saved, you're condemned already. These people who are good Gentiles, they're lost. Why are they lost? They hadn't come by the way of the cross. <clears throat> to a lot of people today, that's hard. That's difficult. That's not right. That's not politically correct. If we believe the Bible, that's the only way. He said, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Then verse 21, he says, For if righteousness comes through the law, Christ died needlessly. If there's some strutting and straining we could do, is some creed we could do, is some dues we could pay, there's something that we could do, you know, we, we're lost already. Several weeks ago, we put on the board here uh, some things about our Muslim friends and the five things that they must do. And, and all of them were things that they must do. They must pay five times times a day. They must give alms. They must go to Mecca. They must make the trip that they have to do to, to uh, uh, fulfill that, that thing. It's all works. People, we don't have to strut the strain. It's just faith in what Jesus did in His finished work. Well, it's about time to quit. Anything anybody got to say? We'll pick up here next week. Uh, Art and I hadn't discussed who's going to teach, but one of us will. 
And so we'll, we'll go from here next week. Tim, dismiss us, brother.